to the Low Tide Boys, a swim run podcast. I'm Chip. And I'm Chris. And this is episode 106 of the show. Woo! Gideon! Let's go. Uh, for this episode, we are providing another in our ad hoc series, Advanced <laughs> Topics in Swim Run, where we do a deep dive into some super random extra niche mm-hmm. topics of the sport. And for this episode, we're going to talk about swim paddle hieroglyphics. Mm. Yeah. Sounds mysterious, it, it but is. actually very helpful. It's super helpful. It's super helpful. So so what are we talking about? You know, it's pretty common practice in swim run that people write something on their paddles to help them on the course, whether it's legs and distances or nutrition or things like that. And there's many different ways to do this. And we thought it'd be interesting to just do an episode where we sort of break down what we think are sort of like the three theories around paddle riding and why, mm-hmm. um, knowing that some races will just give you a sticker to stick on, and that's great. But we actually think there's a, there's a pretty good reason from from advanced from perspective to to write on your own paddles and do it close to the race as possible because it actually helps you prepare. But we'll, we'll get into that down the road. But, you know, Chipper, before we started recording, you mentioned our previous Swim Run Tour 1 episodes, and I actually think this one's like a really good compliment to all those it is so if you're digging through the archives of the low tide boys 106 episodes deep now not even counting the gear talks we have three other swim run 201 episodes so episode 71 we we spoke about heads up racing episode 60 was about team tactics and episode 52 was about the swim run flow yeah so if you think about it chipper like like having the legs pretty much spelled out like when we did casco i would i would so so dialed in that I even memorized. I knew the names of all the islands and in which order we were yeah. doing it, um, and and sort of and that helped be in the swim run. You know this magical, mystical, mysterious swim run flow state. It helps with heads up race with heads up racing because you can focus be heads on, up more because yeah. you know where you are, um, and it obviously helps with team tactics because you you know you can communicate about that. I mean, in our early races, I wouldn't even write stuff on my paddles because you were kind of the quarterback. Yeah, I was leading sort of the the quarterback epi- uh, aspect of it uh, in in terms of of having that on there. And we say this is common practice. It is common practice for us now, but if you're just getting into it, you right. might have no idea uh, what to do. And swim run is a complex sport to try to keep it all contained in your head. Okay. Run one was this and it had a hill or the aid station was before. So the goal of all this, as Chris mentioned, is just to kind of help bring down the boil of that race anxiety uh, of stuff that's happening during the race. And it just takes one more aspect of racing sort of out of the, the brain equation. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't have to think about it. Because you just lift up your paddle. I still, I'm looking at mine here from our Austin race, still yep. on there. Um, and I have all the, all the legs on there and the approximate distances and all that good stuff. So let's just dive into For sure. what we do. For sure. But before we do that, I want to give like a huge caveat we, that I'm actually going gonna, gonna to remove. So typically when oh. we do these episodes, we always say, hey, take whatever we say with a grain of salt. We're just a couple of dudes. But I'm actually going to go out on a limb on this one. Okay. And if, if you're not riding on your paddles or at least thinking about what you would put on your paddles and going through the process of understanding each leg, distance, where aid stations are, things like that, I mean, this is an advantage. So if you're not doing this, I'm going to yeah. say, like, it will improve your racing if you do it. Just 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 from the prep perspective, yeah. whether you use it in a race or not, whether you need it or not, like, you know, our friend Oscar Olson, he does not have to ride anything's paddles. He's so dialed that he knows what's going on. He's, he's got it. In, but in, that's in, not us. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't him, that's for, that's for sure. Uh, but I guess we'll, we'll just start at kind of the basic uh, paddle theory. And this is just the way that we do it. Yeah. And, and there's other ways 
that people do it. And if, if you have a way that you like, send those in to us. Uh, email or DM. We'll take a picture of your paddles. We'll put it on the, on the, within the, the post and everything. So it'll be a cool way to kind of showcase and highlight everybody's Good idea, Chipper. Uh, stuff. I'm here all week, Chris. <laughs> so the, the kind of the most basic one, I think what we started with, you know, step one is just the activity. So is this swimming or running, maybe the leg number, and then the distance of the leg. Yeah. Um, and what we do is we kind of keep it, keep it simple. R, run, S, swim. Yeah. R1 is run one. And we know, hey, are we talking in miles, kilometers, whatever your unit of measurement is, mm-hmm. keep, it, keep it consistent. Yep. Don't start in yards and then go to... Yeah, and pro tip, or make sure that, like that your S's look like S's and not like fives. So you're not like, oh, this one's 51 55? yards. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you don't want to do that. So that's a really basic thing. And, and again, you know, these are all theories. We kind of came up with three theories, which, let's be honest, we just, we're making these right, up, we people. we made it up. We're making <laughs> these up. But, you know, by the end of it, you'll see if it makes sense. And spoiler alert, later in the episode, you actually have people who are way more experienced than us who tell us what they do. So you'll have multiple multiple, multiple takes on this from super experienced swim runners. But, Absolutely. But that's the basic paddle theory, right? Like, write your activity, write the legs, and write the distance. Have that in an order that you can read so that you know where you are on the course, hopefully, and you know how much you have left so you can plan your energy energy expenditure Mm-hmm. you know nutrition, nutrition intake any of that stuff. all that stuff now moving on to what we're calling sort of an intermediate paddle theory it's everything that we mentioned above but you would put some additional notation this is totally individual to you i'm going to give some examples from what we do but you put like a little like a little cross like a like a health cross where there's going to be an aid station so if you know if there's an aid station after r2 you just mark that on your paddle so you know how far you have to go to get to that. We found that to be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Another one is putting some sort of like an up arrow or a down arrow for runs. So for orcas, you know, we knew that essentially I think it was like run four was Mount Constitution. Yeah, Constitution then so, but it. it's just nice to put a little arrow. It's like, all right, that's the meat and potatoes. Like that's going to be the heavy work. So in Catalina, it'd be like run three, I think, this year. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, and that type of stuff can can be super helpful. Um I mean, we, we started doing that, I think, once we graduated from the... Yeah, I think this year was when we kind of moved into this intermediate category where we were starting to think about what else could we have on our paddles that would make our racing experience more fun and we can race it better and have a better time. And that's when we did start thinking a little bit more about these notations that Chris was saying. So I find this helpful. Um one race Chris wrote on his paddles, but then you haven't done that since. Yeah, well, you know why? Because I, I feel like, you know, when we work on our paddles, we're usually doing that together the night before a race. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I just have the memory for it, but I'm kind of memorizing it when it's mm-hmm. going on. Um, yeah, and when I've written on it, I just haven't really used haven't it. Been using it, yeah, and it kind of messed up my. I paddles. find it so usually how I'll be sort of at least broadcasting what's upcoming to chris during yeah. the race so, or i'll just ask I'll or like, he'll ask say what's coming up or we'll get out of the water i'll say okay chris this is run three this is 2.1 miles this i'm reading literally off the austin pattern here <laughs> <laughs> and i rode a long arrow because uh lars and aaron switched up the course for so that run three is going to be a little bit longer than advertised so we know 2.12 is the advertised distance but we were told during the mandatory pre-race briefing that's going to be a longer run we don't know if that's a half mile or quarter mile or whatever. So yeah. we just wrote the arrow 
And in my head, I knew that that means it's going to be long. So I remembered I was able to come out and say, okay, this run three's 2.1, but it's going to be long. It could be long, yeah. It could be long. And then we're able to kind of look ahead as well and planning a little bit planning ahead when you're racing is like, okay, when's the next aid? Okay, before run four or after or in the middle of run four or something. So and, and these that could are be, really and that could be and that could be important. Like if it's super cold and you know you have a swim and a run to go, I mean that can help you get to at least that aid station because it's, some of these races you're I mean, you're just in some run's random backyard. Yeah. If you're if it's Casco, right? Like yeah, some, some private property. Some, like you don't want to hang out there too much before they send the dogs out. But uh but yeah, I think you know, the other thing of sort of intermediate paddle theory would be like um, if you have some sort of very specific nutrition thing that you need to do, mm-hmm. that's when you that's probably basic is probably too much info, but intermediate, that's where it would start. But I think moving on to advanced, mm-hmm. that's where you really can take it. You know, the longer the race, I see us doing something like this for for Atala. In fact, I got the idea for this advanced theory from from the hype video because there was one short scene out. I'll I'll try to find the link to yeah, what it well, was. Where I'm some, sure Rasmus can tell us off the top of his where, head. Of where uh, this was a, a, w- a women's team on one paddle. She, the woman had what? How much nutrition she was going to take and yes. when? Like take two bananas. She drew a banana gels. out on. She her drew thing. a banana. It was really. I mean, it was. I was like, oh my god. Uh, and frankly, that's. I had this idea for episode for a while, but yeah, seeing we, that, I was like, all right, all right, that'll be cool. So yeah, so advanced theory would be everything we've we've mentioned before. But, for example, things you could do is put a dot next to the leg of the eight stations before or after the run type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or you can, um, you know, use a little banana if you're planning on taking real food, if that's part of your nutrition strategy. Or a little rectangle if it's a gel or something like draw a little shirt or something if, if there's like a planned cab down um, so that you know it's like, yep. all right, we're coming up to this thing. You know, these are the things that. Again, you're mostly writing it down for the act of preparing the night before or pretty soon before the race. Yep. Um, but in a race, it could be cold. It could be a lot of things going on and just not having to think or remember. is like, was it run five or run six? That's, uh, you know, the big one. Absolutely. Or on the Austin paddle here, swim five, I have a little little jump arrow because that's the cliff jump. Yeah. Well, so there you go. That, that's good to know because obviously you need to undo your tether. So having... You know, when you're getting out, run four, swim four, somewhere around there, or even on run five, you can say, right. oh, we got the cliff jump. Let me get the tether going. And that saves you 30 seconds maybe of, oh, shit, we're going to do the cliff jump. <laughs> oh, take your thing off. Okay, let me get my stuff. Let me figure right, it right, out. Right. You're sort of prepared for that already. Now, Yeah, and all these things kind of help you get into the swim run flow, right? Like like the the more you can just be enjoying being one with nature, moving through nature seamlessly and not thinking about what's coming up. The, the more likely you'll have a good experience. Now, again, we mentioned that sort of our main rationale for this, you know, and it's just like, we're just, <laughs> we're just making this up people. Like, you know, the, our main rationale is like going through this process will help you, um, you know, at least be super oriented to what's happening on the course and at least become more familiar with the course from the process of just having to write it down. Like Chris has been mentioning before, I really like our process that we have kind of the pre-race. It's the night before the race, you know, maybe we're still have too much of the overly neurotic triathlete in us, but <laughs> I like to get kind of what the nutrition's going to look like. And we sit down at a table and we pull up the course map and we write it out and we talk through the leg and kind of work through our process a little bit. I have found that extremely helpful for me. And like Chris was saying too, he, he it's to the point I'm not as, I don't have as much retention, mental retention, as <laughs> leg retention. Did you say as pretension? Chris. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm a print my swim workout kind of guy too, or I have to look at it every every lap, every set, or else I'm going to forget it. Um, so I have found that really helpful. Additionally, you can write your own motivational things on there. We have our LFG, LFG. on there that I, I I write on there, and actually it has saved my ass. My my beloved Frank paddles in uh, orcas. orcas. And if you don't know what happened to me in orcas, go back and listen to that race report. <laughs> but uh, apparently I spaced and I left them somewhere on the ground. And because I had written low tide boys on them, they were able to be returned back to me. So yeah. that was great. And uh, a pro tip, if you have one of the cool Frank paddles or the arc blades that are black and look really sharp, and you're thinking, how the hell is the Sharpie going to go on this? They, ha- they make silver Sharpies or white Sharpies or probably tons of different colors. So those are good. Um, you know, we'll we'll link to those sharpies on there. You go in the show notes, <laughs> so you can so you can take so you can take those on. Um, but yeah, let's let's in. I also have mine on the other side, left and right. Yeah, if you I, feel I like just you, I'm, feel I'm like leaving nothing that. a chance here. Yeah, I mean, people. if you feel like you need that, I mean, yeah, I mean that's I the do. thing. I think you know the one thing that I do as well um, that I found helpful is. Usually, like on the flight there or something, I'm looking at the map. I'm like listening to an audiobook or something, yeah. but I'm just trying to like memorize the map. So, you know, not that I'm like Mr. Geospatial Awareness or anything, but it's like it's kind of helpful to know. It's like, all right, this island from the map doesn't look like it's super long. So if you're on the island for like 30 minutes, you're like, all right, are we running in circles or what? Right. Yeah. And and one thing I want to focus on a little bit more for my paddle hieroglyphics for this year is I feel I need to get a real good handle on my nutrition and hydration strategy and um i feel like i have a strategy or i know what to do it's more the implementation of it again call back to orcas so i'm i'm looking forward to this year to be really explicit on my paddles about hey do i need 1.5 gels do i need a gel or 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 bottle or, or what's this uh you know what is my sort of nutrition strategy looking like right and the longer the race kind of the more important that is so that's one little tweak that i think i'm going to kind of make to my stuff my uh, paddle markings this year but um other than that yeah let's hear what a couple pros have to say we're just a couple of dudes here just a couple of guys we've gotten people who are super experienced probably one of the most experienced swim runners in america in and half of swim run labs are essentially going to share what they do so you'll get a perspective from people who are super experienced so first up is marcus barton mm-hmm. after marcus will be brooke lindsley from the swim run labs who are they're Let's just hear what they have to say. Yeah. What do I write on my paddles? (laughs) Nothing. I know that might be kind of hard to believe, but I just never have gotten into writing the course distances or run distances or water distances or where the aid stations are on my paddle because I come from a background of adventure racing and off-road triathlon where knowing the course is very, very important. Um, even more so on a set course and in adventure racing, you have to kind of figure out how you're going to get from point A to point B, but there's planning that's done up front at the beginning of the race so that you can plan your route. And so studying the maps and knowing the course is, is vitally important in some of those types of races. So I've taken that same approach with swim run where I look at the course maps and I study the course maps so that I know the course in advance and I can do some strategic planning in advance. Um, in addition to listening to the race directors doing race briefings uh, and reading their emails about course changes and those types of things. So I do all that strategy up front. Now, with that said, 
I've had the benefit that a large number of the swim runs that I've done are short enough, either in distance and duration and or the number of legs that it does make that possible. Um, however, when you're looking at something like world champs where it's 26 islands and it'd be, it'd be very hard to keep track of all that in your head if you haven't done that race numerous, numerous times. Uh, so believe it or not, I think that that would be a great strategy going into that race, but even doing Rockman and Casco Bay and some of the other races, we've just, we've just planned on, uh, studying the maps up front and kind of knowing the course uh, ahead of time. Um, I know that in a, the last couple of races that we did just recently, uh, Lee did write the course distances on his paddle and he did find it as a benefit and, and would kind of inform me of what the upcoming legs were. And I did find that as a benefit. So if that, if you find that as a benefit, definitely do it. But I, I haven't done it in the past and, uh, and I don't really plan on doing it a whole lot, uh, with the exception of maybe world champs. Okay. So what do I write on my paddles? Well, first of all, I think writing on my paddles is kind of a ritual because I feel like I write with like a permanent marker on my paddles. So then I have to Brillo pad scrub them off before each race. But I really like it because I scrub them off and it's like I'm cleansing from that race and then I start afresh and it's like embarking on a new journey. Um, So it's a little bit of a ritual to me. Sometimes it is a last minute hectic ritual that I'm doing on the ferry ride over to the start line, but it is what it is. Um, So may come as a surprise, but I do write all of the swim and run distances for each segment. I write a little R with a subscript one, two, three, four, five for the runs and an S with a subscript one, two, three, four, five for the swims. And I do mark all the aid stations in the race with a little asterisk. And I usually put that asterisk like behind the distance segment in which it occurs. So if it's after, say, a 1.5-mile run, I'll write, you know, R3, 1.5, and then a little asterisk. And then I know that the aid station's at the end of that run. Sometimes it occurs in the middle of the run. And so I'll write the asterisk over the number, which indicates that it's somewhere in the middle of the run. Um, If it's an aid station that Annie and I have determined we definitely need to stop at because there's not going to be another one for a while... I'll um, mark it with a star, and that indicates a must stop. Otherwise, it just lets me know that there is one. Um, Apart from writing down, like, all the runs and the swims, I like to divide each race into kind of mentally digestible sections or segments um, they're generally between like four to six different segments and on my paddles between each segment or section, I have a little mantra that either represents that segment or kind of can just motivate me, um, to get through that section. So for Orcas, um, I remember there was a segment that I just called the big climb Um, in all caps, and that was, you know, summiting Mount Constitution. Um, Then I had the next segment was, you're not done, climb again. 
exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, and that was summiting Mount Pickett. And then I think the final segment was um, letter rip, and that was just because the rest of the race was basically downhill to the finish line. So it just let me know that we're on the home stretch. Um, I did at one point with Casco, because it's like an open water ocean race, write down arrows after or before all the swim segments that indicated the direction that the tide was going, like down to the detail of northeast-east or southwest-south. Um, because I was really nervous about that race and really anxious about tides. And so I wanted to know exactly which direction the tide was going to be going at the time that Annie and I calculated we would get to that segment so that I knew like where my heading was. Um, And then it wasn't until a rather recent Low Tide Boys episode that maybe it was John Stevens brought up the handy dandy tip where you just have to kind of see where the boat's are being pulled in what direction they're being pulled from, you know, where they're anchored. Um, I was like, Oh, that's brilliant. And way easier than what I was trying to do on my paddles, but they made for good hieroglyphics. I mean, I don't know how you're going to top a vice from Marcus Barton and Brooke Lindsley from Warner Labs. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I think of anything it shows, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. Like with anything swim run, you need to, figure it out, do try different things, listen to us, don't listen to us, do your own thing. But I think, I think again, I'll stand by, like it'll make, it'll make for a better swim run experience. If you spend the time preparing, you, mm-hmm. hopefully the night before or pretty as soon as the race, as soon until the race is possible, whether it's making paddles, studying the map, talking with your partner, talking strategy, trying to figure out who's going to do what again, this really complements and brings together a lot of other swim run to one episodes um, you know, for, for better or for worse. And, uh, and then, yeah, you know, it's just something we want to share. We have big goals for this year. We know a bunch of people are doing Catalina and doing some big races this year. So we just want everyone to have a, you know, good experience and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an easy thing to practice too. mark up your paddles before going out on your swim run practice or even your run or hell, even your swim lane, even even your lap swim practice too. You can yeah. write your your set on your paddles and kind of use that and and start to kind of mess around with stuff and write where your nutrition is. So, uh, kind of like with everything in swim run, it's uh, you can yeah. experiment and and work it on your own and tweak it to to what make it what makes it yours. And if that's drawing bananas on it, so be it. Yeah, you and do these, you. these were good bananas too. I mean, they look like I saw they even had the little stump part yeah. at the end. Had like a little chiquita, had like a chiquita sticker on it. Yeah. No, it it looked that. like the album cover of uh, Rolling Stones. Or is that a Velvet Revolver? Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground. I almost getting there. Okay. I was getting there. You're, you're close. <laughs> Three times the charm. You know, whatever. <laughs> it had a giant fucking banana on it. What do you want me to do? Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review since that's the best way to help other people discover the show and the support of Swim Run. Sign up for a newsletter at lowtideboys.com. That's boys with a Z. And check out our meme page at the Low Tide Boys on Instagram. If you have any suggestions for the show or questions for us, send us a DM or an email at lowtideboys at gmail.com. 
We'd like to thank Riding Easy Records for our show music and, of course, our wives for their support and tolerance of all our swim run activities, podcasts, and other stuff. Yeah, other stuff. Other way stuff. To, way to keep it PG. Finally, you can support our efforts on Patreon. Until next time, get out there and go for a swim. Go for a run. Then another swim. Then another run. And then another swim. And then another run. And then just keep going. Until you're done. Until you're done. Or maybe can't stop. stop. <laughs>